0: This is is the control center of your life, where your thoughts and your emotions and then the desires and the temptations of the body and the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, where all the things that you want all come together and where you make decisions from. And what Jesus is really interested in is he wants to purify your control center, knowing that if he gets the inside right, then guess what? Everything on the outside will begin to change.
1: When you look at yourself, what is it you want to change? We've all got weak spots. We all have temptations that come calling over and over again. In today's message, Pastor Daniel is going to show you how to find true and lasting change. And it isn't through a self-help book. The only place to find transforming power is in the work Jesus did on the cross. Because of what he did there, he can begin to transform you into his likeness. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 5 as he continues his message, The Beauty of Goodness. Jesus
0: Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, and the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. Now, think about this. Blessed are the pure in heart. In heart. Now, all the way through, we've also been seeing that as we're putting the Beatitudes and the Fruit of the Spirit together, the Beatitudes also roll in, in a specific order, as do the Fruit of the Spirit. So, if you see the Beatitudes in context, it begins with being poor in spirit. It begins with there being a spiritual bankruptcy that you are aware of. That poverty in spirit, that spiritual bankruptcy that we realize that all we bring to our relationship with God is our rebellion, our own sinfulness. From there, that leads us to mourning, right? And not the morning light like, that comes after the evening, but the idea of grief, right? And when you have a soft heart in the midst of an awareness of your own brokenness and the brokenness of the world, it leads you to grief or mourning. And then from that, it leads you to meekness, right where you're over yourself you're not buying your own press clippings on how amazing you are no matter how many likes you get on your instagram posts you know like you just realize like i'm over myself right and because of this meekness now then it moves you right into you hungering and thirsting for god you hunger and thirst for righteousness and it says and then you'll be filled so once you get to the end of yourself you're desiring god and god's like i'm going to satisfy you And then from there, then it's blessed are the merciful, right? So now you don't treat people, don't give them what they deserve because now you're treating people in a merciful way. And then we get to blessed are the pure in heart. So I would say it this way, that you and I, we need to let Jesus purify us. You need to let Jesus purify you. And if I could say anything to any of us on any given day of your life is that God's plan in your life today is God is looking to purify you. God desires to do a work of purification in your life. Now, what's fascinating here is it says, blessed are the pure in where? In heart. Now, this is important because if you think about the whole Palm Sunday reality, there was the common people and they saw who Jesus was and they rejoiced. And then there was the religious leaders who didn't see who Jesus was. But the religious leaders, Jesus was constantly getting at them because what they were really interested in is external purity, right? They were very focused on making sure they said the right things and they dressed the right way. They knew the right people. They, fulfill the minutia of the mosaic law in a very specific way that would be very acceptable to people just like them it was all about external purity but this is about purity of where of heart right now when they're talking about purity of heart it doesn't mean like you know they just got rid of all the plaque and all the buildup in my arteries you know the heart is the control center of the life right? In the Hebrew, it was literally, the word is the bowels. It's kind of awkward to think about it, but the deep parts of who you are. So the heart is the control center of your life where your thoughts and your emotions, and then the desires and the temptations of the body and the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, where all the things that you want all come together and where you make decisions from. And what Jesus is really interested in is He wants to purify your control center knowing that if he gets the inside right, then guess what? Everything on the outside will begin to change. See, and this is where Jesus is so much different like from just kind of basic everyday self-help, which is so popular. And, you know, I'm not actually anti-self-help because I mean like, you know, the opposite of self-help would be self-hurt, which probably doesn't sound so good, right? But the problem with contemporary self-help is it tries to get you to the right place in a way that will never get you there. So really what it becomes is it's the right idea, but the only way to actually get there is through Jesus. And so no matter all the work you do, you will have some growth in different areas of your life, but the essential purification of the control center of your life is never done by the externals. It is only done by a work of God. So our culture loves this. And if you've been around, and I'm not nearly as old as some of you, and I'm not mocking you, but it's like I've watched the self-help section in good old-fashioned brick-and-mortar bookstores grow and grow and grow every single year. Right? like It just keeps growing, and it keeps growing. But the reason why there'll be such a proliferation of these things is because it actually is never going to solve the problem. And the only way to have the things that you really want to be placed into your life is because of Jesus. See, Jesus is the only one who can purify a heart. He is the only heart surgeon who can actually fix the very things that are wrong in the depths of who you are. And sure, you can change this part of your life and that part of your life, And that's not a bad thing, but it won't get you all the way there. So you and I, we need to let Jesus do a work of Purification. And what I want to let you know is that every single detail of your life, everything, all of it, God is seeking to purify you through it. All of it. I think one of God's greatest ways of purifying our lives is through suffering. Now listen, don't get me wrong. Nobody likes suffering. Nobody likes going through hard times. But the problem is, is a life without faith translates suffering into punishment, and if you read the book of Job, you'll see this all over the book of Job, right? Job is suffering, and his friends are coming and saying, obviously you have sinned, and that's why you are suffering, right? So what they say is, Job, you're wrong, and because you're wrong, now you're suffering, right? Which is a classic not having faith and trust in God position. And for many of us, we deal with suffering by saying, this suffering is my punishment for something I've done wrong. But really, if you believe in the Lord, what you realize is that suffering is not for punishment, it's for purification. That you're in a situation, and because of that situation, if you were to say, God, I don't like this situation, but I am not going to resist it. I'm going to let you bear the fruit you want to bear in my life. you realize it's not suffering anymore. You know how I know? Most mornings... A lot of people are in these rooms with other people with all these machines. And they're wearing gym shorts and headbands and and they're hurting themselves. And they pay to do that. Now what's funny is there's a whole group of people who are doing that. Now there's a whole bunch of other people who are not doing that, but they think they should be doing that. You know what I mean? Like they're like, I should be working out, but I'm not working out, but I should be working out right now and so you're not doing it but you're kind of hoping you are doing it right now why would you do that because you realize that when you force your body out of its comfort zone yeah you get sore but you actually build muscle and you get more healthy and all these things now don't ever think that God doesn't bake into the physical the truths of the spiritual but when it comes to suffering that we don't choose we have a tendency to think I'm getting punished but no 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 God is using those things to purify. And if you think about the most beautiful picture of purification in the Bible is of the refiner, right? Now, I've never refined a precious metal before at all, but I've read about it. And really what they say is you take something like gold or silver or palladium or, you know, whatever, and the refiner puts it under the heat. And in the midst of the heat, what is solid becomes liquid. It gets soft, And as it gets soft, the impurities within the metal rise to the surface. And as the impurities rise, the refiner of the precious metal will take a little tool and scrape the impurities off. And then ultimately, once he's purified the precious metal, he'll cool it down slowly and reshape it into whatever he wants. Now what's amazing is if you read about this, if a refiner turns the heat up too much... It doesn't just have the impurities rise to the surface. It actually destroys the metal. And if it does the heat not enough, the impurities, it won't change shape, and the impurities won't rise. And then you read in things that God is the refiner, and he's going to make us like pure gold. And when you begin to realize that every situation in your life, the money troubles, the relationship struggle, the loneliness, the fears, the anxiety the issues with your family, the issues with your friends, all the ways the five-year plan is working out and isn't, all of it is God's way of turning the heat up in your life so that your hardness will soften, that the impurities will come to the surface, that he can purify it, that he can remake it. Doesn't that change the way you look at your life? See, Blessed, oh, how happy are those who God has purified their hearts. Oh, how fortunate is the person who God loves enough to have suffering, have its perfect work in their life, to bring all the garbage in their heart up to the surface so he can take it away and remake it. And that changes, my friends, the way we look at our lives and the way we look at the things that hurt us. Because all of a sudden we begin to realize, God, you are good and you are refining me to make me pure. And I want to be pure. It says this in Psalm 24, verses 3 to 6. It's beautiful. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. You hear what's being said here? It's like, who is allowed to stand in the presence of God? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. The one who God has done a work in their life. And listen, God is inviting each one of us to be a part of something with him. He's saying, look, you, yes, you, with all the stuff that's gone on in your world, with all the pain and all the sorrow and all the joy, I'm inviting you to let me do a work of purification in your life. I'm inviting you to allow me to leverage your hard times to bring something beautiful out of it. I mean, I said it in the book that I wrote honestly, right? I said that our life can either make us bitter or better, right? And it's the same idea that what's going on right now will either draw you closer to Jesus and Jesus will make you better or you'll allow it to pull you from Jesus and it will make you bitter. Do you realize that God right now loves you so much that he wants to make you better? He wants to change you. He wants to Purify you. And so this purity of heart is both an inward thing, but it, of course it leads outward. It's something that God wants to do internally that will now radically affect every other part of your life. Because look at the beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart for what? They shall see God. Brothers and sisters, we need to have eyes to see. You and I need to have eyes eyes to see. See, the purity of heart now leads to the ability to have a vision of who God is and what God is and what God is doing, not only for ourselves, but in other people's lives as well. But the problem is, remember I said that two people seeing the exact same thing will see two different things. Many of us are absolutely convinced that Jesus is real and there are others of us who are not convinced at all. You can find someone who is as absolutely convinced that Jesus isn't real and God is a figment of our imagination as you can find people who say that Jesus is real and God created and sustains everything. What's the difference? It's right here. When somebody allows God to purify their heart, then guess what happens? You begin to see the hand of the Lord in everything. But if you say, I will not allow God to leverage my life to purify me, then you will only see what you want to see. You will only see things that aren't real. Or you will. You see how powerful that is? See, just as Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the eyes see. Everything is driven by the control center. And do you have eyes to see? See, because remember we read it in Psalm 24 about the person who can stand in the holy place. Notice that whole thing ended about having clean hands and pure heart. It ends with, this is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek what? His face. The generation of those who are wanting to see God. And then it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall, what, see God. John, in his first epistle, chapter 3, says it this way. So powerful. 1 John 3, verses 1 to 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Do you see how these verses, they put it together, the purification of the heart, and then the ability to see him, to see who he is. And when you can see him for who he is on this side of eternity, right? That hope purifies us just as he, God, is pure. So what God's purification in your life, the end of it, the telos of it, the ultimate goal of the suffering that leads to purification is that you and I will learn how to see God. That we begin to see God in our circumstances. We see him in our trials. We see him in what goes wrong. We see him in what goes right. We see him in the victories and the defeats that you begin to realize these are actually victories because God has something else for me. We begin to see the hand of the Lord in the rejections as well as in the acceptances. We begin to see that my situation right here is ultimately a work of a good God who loves me too much to leave me the way that I am. And that changes everything. It, it changes the way we see everything. See, we look at our world today and it's easy to talk about the world that we live in in kind of straw man simplistic terms. When you really boil it down, there are either you're either choosing to see everything that's wrong today or you're going to choose to see everything that's right today. It's up to you. It's up to you. But here's what I'll tell you. If Jesus is purifying your heart because you've trusted in him and you're walking with him, right? And if Jesus is purifying your heart and God is showing you himself in the midst of your world, then all you have to bring is hope because God's not done with you yet. So the idea of the Christian being negative is anti-biblical. The idea of a follower of Jesus only seeing what's wrong with other people is antithetical to the Savior entering Jerusalem on a donkey. They don't live together. They can't live together because they don't belong together. God wants you and I to be people of tremendous hope, not pretending that the world isn't broken, but knowing that God is remaking this world in Jesus' name and that God is doing a work in you So that you can be a vehicle for his goodness to enter the world. And not only do we see God in the midst of our circumstances, but we begin to see the world through the lens that God gives us. You know, the idea of compassion. Always the word compassion is used of Jesus. He sees somebody and then he is moved with compassion for them. So when God gives you eyes to see him, God also gives you eyes to see other people. And you don't see people based on what they are. You see them with the potential that God sees in them. Do you ever notice in the Bible when God calls somebody, he never calls them because they're so awesome. It's not like the Lord is like, yeah, hey, you, you're awesome. I totally need you with the first pick in the draft. I can't win without you. It's not like that. I mean, you have Gideon, Gideon's hiding out in a cave freaked out. Almighty oh, man of valor. Can you imagine Gideon at that moment? He'd be like, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm in a cave. Hiding. I'm so full of valor. No! You know, it's like David, he gets anointed king, and his dad doesn't even think to bring him in the room. The Bible says, like, Jesse, is this all your sons? He's like, well, there's the, uh, there's the, the young dude. You know, he's like little the young whippersnapper over there. You know, he's out with the goats and the sheep and he, Davy, you know, little Davy, he's so cute. You know, he squeezes his cheeks. I never thought Davy would be the king, but it's David. You know? And see, what goes on is that God sees something that we don't see. And God calls us with a calling that we would never expect for ourselves. But God calls us because God sees something we don't see. And when we allow Jesus to purify our lives, we begin to see people differently. We begin to see the potential that God has in their life. And we don't judge them based on what's going on now. We see that there's God-given potential in their life that God wants to uncover. And that's why you and I, we speak words of life to people. Because we know that those words of life begin to Bring a harvest of fruitfulness in their lives. See, guess what? If God is purifying your life right now, right, then you are starting to see God move in your situation. But you and I both know that God doesn't just want to move in your life. That would be incredibly selfish on your part. I just want God to move in my life. No. When God is moving in your life, you want to see God moving in other people's lives, don't you? You know, what's also beautiful about this is we have a great example of Moses, as somebody who's been purified, who has seen God. That's what it says in Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 27. By faith, speaking of Moses, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I love that phrase, that Moses stepped out in faith, even though Pharaoh got mad. Why? Because moses was able to see him who is invisible and that's the idea of when god purifies our hearts we begin to see him who was once invisible now is as clear as day now to put our fruit of the spirit now with our beatitude we learn that the fruit of purity is what is goodness The fruit of the Spirit. One of the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. Now, what's fascinating about this word is by and large, the word goodness means generosity. That's what it means.
1: Jesus is real. God's plan for your life today is that God is looking to purify you, He wants to purify the control center of your life, your heart because all of the outside things will begin to change. The only way to be changed is through Jesus. Pastor Daniel showed us today that the essential purification of the control center of your life is never done by external work, only by the work of God in your heart. Self-help simply doesn't help. Hey everybody,
0: this is Pastor Daniel and I wanna be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy and the hard reality is if it isn't messy for you now, it will be. And it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com.
1: Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel will explore what it means to be a peacemaker in a world filled with dissension and conflict. God wants the beliefs you hold to actually transform the way you live. Peacemakers make peace a peacemaker in a world characterized by conflict and rivalry is someone who proactively seeks to fix what is broken just like the savior that we follow we wish we had more time today but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as pastor daniel continues teaching through this series called beautiful that's next time on jesus is real radio